Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. Oh my goodness, I love this conversation today. Today's guest says that the most pivotal time in her career has been her journey over the last year as she has been called to do new things and use the strengths of her team members in new ways. Christina Chapman is the Chief Learning Officer at IU Health. But what you really need to know about Christina is how she's helping to drive a culture shift from tasks and rules to values and compassion. Listen in as we talk about leading in a new era in which grace for yourself and for others is mission critical. As Christina says, well-being will be a cornerstone of how we move forward with leadership development. And I say a big amen to that. Check it out. It's been a series of leaning into saying yes to opportunities. I I think I would say I never um, started out with the intention of being a chief learning officer or really being in the HR space at all. I received my degree in psychology from Indiana University and thought, what am I going to do with psychology? So I also got my secondary social studies teaching license and thought I was going to be a teacher in high school. At that point in time, though, there weren't a lot of teaching jobs. So I started with the local phone company. They figured out I had some teaching background and started in the HR training department. And um, it went from there. I really had a passion for applying learning and development and helping team members grow in an organization. So I went back and got my master's in organizational development, um, focus in women's studies, and went from there. So I spent about seven years in the telecommunication industry here in Indianapolis and then took an opportunity out in Seattle with T-Mobile and led um, organizational development and retail training in that space. After I did that, I came back to the Midwest and took a role in a manufacturing organization. So said, you know, let's try something new. Let's let's apply um, my HR skills, my learning and OD, OD skills in a new space and landed at Master Brand Cabinets, a Fortune Brands home and security company, and really enjoyed just learning about the different industries. So, you know, there were similarities, there were differences and did that for a while and was asked to do different things. And my leader at that point in time said, you know, Christina, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, you know, I want, I want to be you. I want to be a CHRO. I want to, I want to lead HR in an organization. And he really asked me to step in and do new things. He said, well, then you need to get out of the learning and development space a little bit and spend some time as an HR business partner lead at that level. So had a great opportunity to say yes to that. It was super scary at the time. Um, not knowing if I could, not having done that, jump in and lead those teams. But I was given the opportunity to do that, which I think has really filled out my career in a sense of being able to be on the specialist side and also on the generalist side of HR, which has given me a lot of perspective. So said yes to those things early on, even though they were scary, and moved that. And then most recently came to IU Health in about four years ago, so July of 2017, And it was really passion that brought me here. Um, I have two children that are Riley children. So my passion in the healthcare space and saying, if I could ever provide support for the leaders and team members that are really doing the mission work and the purpose of taking care of patients in Indiana, that would be great. So being an IU grad and having an opportunity to come back and work for IU Health was all the stars aligned. I'll just say that. It feels like it, right? Like so many synergies and connections that must have been really fulfilling for you to join IU Health in 2017. 
you know, and jumping into healthcare, a new industry, it was it was exciting to see what could I apply for my past career path and what are the new things that I would learn along the way? You know, what are the unique needs of the leaders and team members in healthcare? Little did I know I'd be jumping into a pandemic a couple of years later, but it's been it's been a great growth opportunity. Well, and I also just want to acknowledge how personal the work is in healthcare for you. I didn't know that about your children. And so I I hear the real heartfelt desire to help leaders because you saw it firsthand in your experiences with Riley, no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, those those physicians, those nurses, even the EVS, the housekeepers that I, I mean, I lived at Riley for two months straight with one of my daughters and just being able to interact with them on a daily basis. And everybody had the mission that they were there to take care of patients, no matter what their role was. And that really spoke to me to say, you know, how can I continue to pour into those team members to help them help them lead and be the best that they can be? Well, and particularly over the last year and a half, I mean, you referenced it, but you didn't know that a couple of years later you would be leading through a pandemic. But combining, you know, the the passion you have for equipping and ensuring leaders are set up for success, you know, coupling that with a time when healthcare is so challenged. When I asked you, Christina, about a pivotal moment in your career that taught you a lot about yourself, you you didn't hesitate. You immediately said, "Well, it's been the last year and how I've been called to do new things and use the strengths of your team in new ways. It's really taught me. I'm, I'm a type A person. I'm all about getting things done and getting my list checked off, just how I'm wired. And, you know, I think a lot of organizations, including healthcare um, in the past, have been about, you know, the t- task orientation um, or the rules are following and checking off and getting activities done. And really in this space of the pandemic, um, we really needed to shift from that focus to more of a focus on the values and focus on taking care of team members and showing compassion and focusing on well-being. So there's just been a really a big shift in what leader behavior is needed to take care of team members to really support the culture of the organization at a time like this. So you're really helping to drive that culture shift from task and rules to values, compassion. Break that down for us a little bit. What does that look like? It really is teaching our leaders to think about, you know, show up and do the right thing. But sometimes you don't know what that right thing is. And it's not about being inflexible and following a policy or rule book, but it's saying, what's the right thing to do for the team member or for that person in the moment? What do they need most right then? Of course, there's still some guardrails. Healthcare is highly regulated. So we're not saying all rules go out the window, but it's really focusing on what are those experiences that we're creating and how do we lean into our values? We have purpose, excellence, compassion, and team are our core values at IU Health. And we really lean into those to help us make decisions every day. And we know if we're leaning into those, we're going to be doing the right thing. So that's really where we start to focus. And and we've taken it from what we're going to do to what experiences that we're going to create for people. Is that a new set of values? Is that something that you all came up with recently to drive this new culture change? They've been in place over, we've got the IU Health Way, which is our mission our vision and our values. And they've been in place. It's, it's, it's kind of been a build over the last few years, but they were in place before the pandemic, but we're in the, in the spot of really how to make them be rooted as culture. So, you know, the culture is based on the stories that we tell, you know, what are people telling, what stories are people telling at IU Health? You know, what are our team members telling their families and telling their friends? And so the values have been there, but we're really trying to help it be a movement and not a mandate. 
Yeah, I really like that. So it, what it sounds like is you said you're teaching leaders to show up and do the right thing. Like what do they need right now, right then? But it's really from the values. So what would purpose, excellence, compassion, team do right now? I mean, that's the guidance that you're giving leaders. Exactly. Those are the guardrails to say, are we creating the right experiences from a team perspective? Are we demonstrating compassion? You know, do we have people leveraging their talents in the right ways? You know, we really noticed over the last year that, you know, we've asked people to step up in new and different ways. We've had to say, let's put some of this stuff we are doing on pause, but we need you over here maybe doing something totally unrelated to your day job, but we need you to step up and lead in a different way. And so it's been really interesting to see people really jumping into that and 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 head first and saying, yes, I'm here to do that. It allows us to use their talents and really lean in on, you know, what are they good at? How do we leverage, you know, when they're in the flow, what they do best every day? And it's really helped us see that we need more of that in our day-to-day after the pandemic. You know, how do we get the most out of our team members and help them be in that space more often. Good. Asking people to show up in new ways. And then naturally that's going to bring forth new talents that you hadn't seen before. Any examples come to mind for you? Like any great stories that you can share? I have one. We had a, a finance leader who actually was asked to get in and step up and set up daycare for our team members. So we did pop-up daycare facilities within our organization to help our team members who needed to be at work, but maybe who's children had schools that were shut down. And so we asked one of our finance team members to step up and take the lead. And she led and really did a great job helping us get pop-up daycares across the state and our regions for, for our team members' children. So, you know, that's not something that was part of her day job, but she used some of her talents and her skills, her natural abilities to lean into that new task and really make it successful. When you filter that through purpose, excellence, compassion, and team, I mean, you so clearly see all of those there. I mean, that's going to help people perform. That's clearly very compassionate and focused on how do we support our team. Yeah, that's really, it's a, that's a great one. I think it's focused a lot on learning agility. And, you know, that's something that I think through the pandemic, we've used the word agility or how do we hold on to some of the agility we had during the pandemic um, to say, you know, what our new normal is going to be and how do we hold on to those things that worked well, but really helping to build more agility and resilience in our leaders and team members so that they can be successful in different environments. Yeah, that resiliency, that courage to stay in the hard stuff and lead through it. You've referenced a couple times like teaching leaders, building these skills within leaders. How are you doing that? What does that look like? We're doing a lot of things where it's more organic or more um, cascaded. So it's not formal classroom training all of the time, but it's really starting with the top of the house. So our senior leaders are modeling it. We've got a real focus on storytelling right now. So we're capturing when is it happening well? Maybe sometimes when it's not happening well, when we've had a miss and what did we learn from it? So we're doing a lot with storytelling. Um, We're doing a lot of video vignettes to show, you know, this is what good looks like, but allowing people to come forward and have the conversations, I think is, is a big part of how we're, how we're shifting culture. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a lot of focus on storytelling. Well, and giving people the forum to tell their stories. And and I imagine just by you doing that, that leaders are naturally thinking more about looking for examples and stories that they can share. We absolutely say that. We say it doesn't even have to be your story. You know, it could be a story that you've heard, but retell it if it's a great one, because it might be a learning nugget for someone else. 
And I think that's, that's been really powerful. And I think it's let team members know that they have a forum to share and that everybody, everybody has a story to share, you know, as we all have experiences and it's great and it creates dialogue. And I think that dialogue, especially during the pandemic has been really important to let people know that they can process what's happening and maybe put some context to it. Yeah. Everyone has a story to tell. And what, what an important message to send that really says to people, you matter and we care about you. And that really leads me to a, another focus of yours is on holistic well-being. These leaders that are providing services at IU Health are challenged, and not just professionally, but personally as well, as we all have been. So you've also really expanded, just like your daycare example, you've really expanded your focus to much more holistic. How can we holistically serve the well-being of our team members? Yes, this has been a really exciting thing for me to be involved in over the last couple of years. I was asked to chair our emotional well-being task force where we really brought some of the foremost, I want to say experts in this space from IU Health together to brainstorm how do we support the well-being of our team members? We had members from from our chaplaincy, from our healthy results team, from our behavioral health group, palliative care. We just brought in a lot of people who are really passionate about well-being and, and different um, spaces within IU Health to say, how do we, how do we move some well-being things forward and how, how do we make it a focus? So we really started there to say, what are the gaps? What do we need to do? The first part of what we did was really shore up any kind of crisis reaction to say who needs that psychological first aid. We talk about physical first aid, but you know we really needed to help prep our leaders to say some of our team members and our leaders needed some psychological first aid. They might've been struggling and how do we help get them to the right resources? So we did some psychological first aid training for our leaders there, which is was really well received and had some of our own behavioral health leaders lead those sessions. In addition, what we found out is team members really just wanted to be able to process what was happening with their peers. They needed a space to talk about it. The mom that, you know, felt like they were working so much, they weren't spending time with their kids and maybe they were struggling at home or the physician that had just seen too much, you know, and just needed some time to unwind. We created a thing called compassion circles where we brought groups together. People signed up to be in a light group of up to 10 people um, with a coach. And that coach would have been someone trained from either our chaplaincy, our behavioral health, or some of our organizational development group to lead those conversations. And it was just, we let them come and be and share what they needed to share. We did have some topics that we threw in to kind of spark discussion if we needed it, but most of the time we didn't. They they would fill the time. And so it was almost like a group peer counseling session. So we set those up and then we created tranquility spaces in the hospitals as well, spaces where our team members could go to get refreshed, rejuvenated, and just spend a moment to take care of themselves. Well, you bring up such an important point. That I, I'd love for you to even just talk a little bit more about like this, this team members want to be able to process. And I think one of the things we've learned over the last year and year and a half is, you know, how important empathy and just providing a safe space are. I mean, and those are leadership skills that we're really having to develop because we naturally want to problem solve and jump in and think critically and fix it. And, and that's not what's needed right now. It is just the safe space. These compassion circles, you said, have, have coaches that are trained in that listening and empathy. And, but how have you helped to instill those skills in your leaders? 
We really have looked at a holistic view of well-being. So it's not just health. It's not just emotional. It's, it's really everything. It's your whole self to work every day. And what does well-being mean there? And we've leaned into a, a phrase to say what matters most. What matters most to you? We ask this of our patients, but we also ask it of our team members. So it's that simple matter of those short interactions that a leader and a team member may have. Maybe it's a passing in the hallway. You know, hey, what matters most to you? What's what's most important to you today? How can I help you? And just providing that space for that team member to be heard, to say, this is what I have going on today, or hey, it would be really helpful if you could help me in this way. It creates an openness for people to understand that it's okay to be where you're at and it's okay to ask for help in a sense too. Yeah. And it gets at the individual need to that question, which is why I so appreciate that. What matters to you? What pushback have you gotten from leaders around this holistic well-being focus? There's not been any pushback about the focus and about the importance of what we're doing. I think in the time and space we have right now with our high census in the hospital and some of the staffing challenges that are going on right now, it's time is always an issue. So we're really doing a lot to help leaders understand it doesn't take more time. It's how do you weave it into those interactions you already have? I think it's not to be additive, but it should be it should be woven in. We look at, you know, how do you remove the pebble from the shoe of the team member? So we don't want you to lean in and do a new program or do anything like that. But understanding what matters most may help you remove whatever is challenging them in the moment, which in the end is going to save you more time. So it's just flipping that if you invest the two minutes to ask that question now, it may save you time later on. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's not what you do, it's how you're doing it. And just by tweaking that, you can have big impact with people. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I love the question, how do we remove the pebble from this person's shoe? I mean, that goes directly back to the what matters to you, doesn't it? Just another way to really dig into how can I help this person? What we found with our team members, a lot of times it's not the big things that they want. It's what are the little things that are taking away their joy every day? You know, we realized for some of our EVS team members, our housekeeping team members, that where they had to walk to to get the cleaning supplies was kind of out of their way. So we've had to make some adjustments to say, how do we make it easier for them to get the tools that they need to do their job? And it's those little things, whether it be processes or just things that we don't think of that might take away their joy in the moment. So if we can remove those pebbles and bring more joy and and happiness and make it easier for them, um, that's where we're going to be focused on more, um, more well-being and having them be in the right space to take care of patients. Yeah. And once again, I mean, that just sends such a powerful message. It's also really empowering. It removes the like complaining for complaining sake when you ask those questions, because it really makes someone think about, well, gosh, what is it that's taking my joy? Right. Is, is it just my attitude or is there really something <laughs> in the environment that's taking my joy? Our chief wellness officer, uh, Dr. Jennifer Hartwell, also mentioned, you know, I love she uses the gross method, get rid of stupid stuff. And so, (laughs) and we love it. So, you know, what are we doing that doesn't make sense? What should, what can we stop doing? And there's just been more of an appetite to think about that during the pandemic because time is so precious right now that how can we employ that? Well, and there's always, there are always things when we take the time to look what's no longer serving us, what's outdated that doesn't, that isn't necessary. And again, it goes back to your values, right? If it's not driving purpose, excellence, compassion, our team, clearly not something that we should be focused on or doing. 
Absolutely. that That's really our guardrails for how we show up every day. And we truly believe that if we're living each day and you know taking the actions that help us live our values, that we're going to be showing up and, and doing the right thing. It's such an important message that just being grounded in something, you know, being anchored to something like a set of values gives you somewhere to go, a safe place to fall in the midst of challenge. What would Purpose, Excellence, Compassion, and Team do right now? It's such an empowering reminder for leaders. I think I told you when you and I talked a few weeks ago that I saw your CEO, Dennis Murphy, speak at a chamber event and, you know, everybody couldn't wait to hear like, how are you all leading through this? And like he had some big, you know, magical response or something. And he started with your values that we got back to who we are and what we're anchored in. So it's just fun now to hear you reiterate that. Like you've talked about how it's been cascaded through the organization. And that's really clear to me, you know, talking to senior leaders in your business. It's really started at the top. And I don't think it would be successful if it didn't. We're embedding it at, at, at our frontline team member level, but we need to see our senior leaders living the values. And when we see them doing that, you know, it does help make them stick. It is our common language that we're going to, and it gives us that true north every day when we show up. And we're really enjoying and trying to focus on how do we celebrate when we are living our values. So that this time of like celebrating and recognizing more too, and not just saying, okay, great, that that worked well, let's move on to the next thing. But really taking time to celebrate in this space has been important. Yeah, because every time you do celebrate those small wins, it builds momentum. It helps us get on a roll, doesn't it, to keep going. Kind of fuels your tank for the next one. Absolutely. So I'm curious about your well-being. You know, you are a leader who models the way and you have a big role with a lot of responsibility and a lot of people in your care. How do you keep yourself engaged and uplifted? What are some of your practices? I do some gratitude. So I try to think, start the day each day to say, you know, what am I grateful for? What's going well? Because you can always point to something that maybe isn't going as well, but try to look for that. And I try to give myself grace. And that's probably the hardest thing. As I said, I'm a perfectionist kind of type A. So every I want everything to be perfect. But knowing that it's not always going to be perfect, but it's going to be, I'm going to be doing the best I can with what I have and celebrating along the way. And then I'm trusting others that they're doing the best. So I think it's about providing grace and trusting in the good intentions of others. And if I can get myself grounded that way, then I have some more peace and and just and feel good about what we're accomplishing. Yeah. And those moments where you don't feel good, like that's that's where you can call on grace. That's where you can take a pause and take a step back and recognize all the good things you are doing. I think it takes a village because some of the teams that I lead, we really are accountable to helping showing grace to each other. And it becomes contagious at that point. But you do have to take a step back and really reflect and bring that into to your practice every day. Takes discipline, doesn't it? Yes. It's an old one, but it's such a good reminder that if I got to put my oxygen mask on first, if we're going down in order for me to be able to help anyone else. Definitely. And I think also helping people get through the hard times is really showing them the impact that they're making. So for me, it really fuels to see the things we're doing are making a difference. And so really helping to stop and acknowledge that people want to know that they're making an impact. Nobody shows up every day thinking, you know, I just want to kind of spin my wheels. So I think is, you know, we keep pointing back to the impact that we're having on people. And that usually tends to work out pretty well. Yeah. Everyone wants to feel like they're adding value and they're a part of something. So that's a good point. So acknowledging that with people, like pointing them to the impact that they're having 
keeps them in it for certain. Yeah. What do you do with, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about your leaders and reminded of a recent conversation with a nurse practitioner who was talking about the shortage of staff and recognizing the need and wanting so badly to help, but also trying to protect her time and her well-being. And how do you help leaders navigate that? I think it's those personal connections because we're all in this storm together, but we're weathering it very differently. So I, I, it does go back to what matters most. You know, some one person may be able to give that little extra or, or lean in a little bit more to help a team member in that space and that time and space. And, you know, how do we recognize people that are able to do that? But then for those team members who say, you know, I just... I need a break for a minute. I need, you know, I, I need a pause. I can't work that extra shift. You know, how do we lean in to help them in that personal space as well? And so it's it's a hard way to navigate just because it's not a one size fits all. But I think that's what's important about it is we're all weathering it a little bit differently and we have to we have to have some flexibility along the way. There are no easy answers to, to challenges like that. No. And I think if people feel heard and they know you're doing the best, I mean, we have to make sure you know, we're paying our nurses well, we're paying our staff well, we're doing the basics, we have to have the price of entry well. And then how are we investing in giving them other opportunities to take care of themselves, and really showing them the impact that they're having. And, and like I said, just navigating it on a case by case basis is is really been helpful. Yeah. And I, I think communication is a big part of it, too. You know, we, we were at a restaurant the other night, and we all know that a lot of our favorite establishments are very short staffed right now. But our waiter communicated that to us, like, hey, there's just a couple of us, you know, if I'm a bit slower, just give me some grace. And so, of course, we're going to, right? Just acknowledging the challenge and communicating where you are and what you can do. I mean, for me, that's that's such a good example of leading through it and navigating the messiness as well. Communication has been king, I would say, throughout the whole pandemic and and really letting our staff know, yes, we know, you know, we're we know we're short staffed here. Here are the things that we are doing right now to solve that problem for you. And here's when we think that we're going to get some traction to get some things back on track with with staffing. So I think we've we've taken to all of our communication channels to make sure they know we hear you, we understand, here's what's in progress. And then also providing those channels back to say, tell us what we can do, be doing better. So I think I do think communication is key and just calling it what it is and not having the Pollyanna view that, you know, everything's great, but really acknowledging it's a tough time right now and, and we're in it together, but here, here's how we're going to navigate the next few weeks. Yeah, I love that. Just saying, like, I know this really sucks. It really does. It's really hard. And let's come up with the solution together, doing the best we can and giving ourselves grace along the way. And again, anchored back into your values. I mean, how do we, to the best of our abilities, deliver purpose, excellence, compassion, and team? I think, you know, over and over and over, you keep coming back to that. Those values as guardrails are just a big takeaway for me from our conversation. They are. And I think it started with, you know, we're really good at doing those values with our patients. And we've just really leaned in to say, how do we, how do we demonstrate those with each other too as team members along the way? So that there's consistency between our internal interactions and then our inter- interactions with customers as well and patients. So many good, so many good takeaways. As you're reflecting on our conversation, is there anything I didn't ask, anything that you think would be really helpful for our listeners just along these lines of compassion and care and holistic well-being? 
well-being is really going to be a cornerstone of how we move forward in terms of leadership. You know, we've looked at leadership development in the past as been a set of competencies that we're working to, to have leaders exhibit or demonstrate or helping them to grow their teams. But I think that shift into a focus on total well-being and, and what's a leader's role in that is going to be this, this new normal in terms of just the price of entry to, to being a good leader. So I think it's it'll just be really interesting to see how the leadership development uh, landscape shifts and how culture's always been, you know, eat strategy for lunch. But at the same time, it's really going to be the most important thing. And those cultures are going to drive where people want to work. And it's just, it's going to be impactful. We're learning that that's how we get results. That's how we get performance is when we care about people, when we show compassion, when the environment is safe and they're able to be who they are, right? I mean, that's, that's what you mean by holistic well-being. Right. It's not just focusing on what the team member can do or what, what the person can do or what they can achieve, but it's focusing on how do we make their experience and how do we how do we let them bring their whole self to work and how do we how do we think about creating those spaces where they feel safe, where they feel valued, and where they can they can um, raise their hand if they need something. Yeah, that organizations can be a place where people can flourish and find themselves and explore and I remember, and it wasn't even that long ago. It was maybe 12 years ago, but I was I was working in an organization and I remember the, the owner of the organization making a clear distinction between, I am not everything for you. Like this business is not going to be able to give you all the things you need. <laughs> and while I definitely think there's aspects of that sentiment that will always apply, there's definitely a shift now that organizations are realizing that, oh my gosh, in order to attract great talent and keep great talent, I've got to provide a forum for people to grow and be their best. It's truly going to be the differentiator um, for for attracting and retaining talent. And then just even from a development perspective, I think people are going to develop on a different trajectory because of this. Agreed. It's exciting. What an exciting time to be focused on learning and growth and development inside of an organization. I feel very blessed to be in the healthcare space right now and in the seat that I'm in during this transition. And this next, this next wave, this next new normal of what it's going to be. Christina, thank you so much for all of the wisdom you have provided and the insight and the great work that you're doing, you know, sharing with us how you are shaping a culture shift from task and rules to values and compassion. And over and over, we heard that it all went back to your values of purpose, excellence, compassion, and team, and how those are the guardrails for how to show up and support each other. For our listeners, if you want to connect with Christina, the best place to do that is on LinkedIn and you'll find her at Christina Chapman. I look forward to our next Being at Work conversation and I'm so grateful for the insight that Christina shared today. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story. 